Last week, Sunday, by the grace of God, I brought a message I titled, The Christian Race. And we discovered from some verses of scripture that the Christian race is to be run with patience. And we identified that though our Christian life is a life of faith that just shall live by faith, we need patience because it is with faith and patience that we inherit the promises. Before I bring today's message, I want to announce to you that all things being equal, as the Lord gives us another virtual Sunday service next week Sunday, I will follow up from faith and patience to what I call experience. And we will title that message, The Christian Experience. So before we talk about the Christian experience, next week Sunday being the first Sunday in the month of April 2020, Today, the Lord has put in my heart to follow up from the first scripture we used last Sunday, which was Hebrews chapter 12, and to talk about the fact that we are not ordinary. And by the time we finish this service, you ought to tell yourself or identify and walk in the consciousness and affirm daily that I am not ordinary. That is the essence of this service that you will identify the peculiarity of your calling in Christ Jesus and identify recognize, walk in that consciousness and affirm daily that I am not ordinary. And people of God, when I'm referring to when I say we I'm not referring to everybody on the surface of the earth. We are all God's creation no doubt about that. But not all of us are sons of God. Not all of us are children of God. When I say we, I'm referring to those of us who have believed the gospel, who have received Jesus, who have the son of God, and who are born again, who have the life of God, who have the nature of God, who have the righteousness of God. We are not ordinary. And in these times when the world is looking for answers, as extraordinary as we are, what is God's expectation of us? What is God desiring that we do? The Bible says when men are cast down, not everybody can say that there is a lifting up, but we who are not ordinary, he expects us to say there is a lifting up. There is hope for the future says the Lord. So, if you don't mind, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12 again where we began from last week Sunday and look at something that probably because it was not our emphasis we did not delve into deeply but today we are going into that. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 again. I'm reading from the King James version of the Bible. He says, Wherefore Seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And we spoke about that last week. Then he said, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We spoke about that last week. Verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, the next line is my emphasis. He says, Who, that is Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Will you say amen to the reading of God's word? For the joy. What joy? One may ask. There was a joy that was set before Jesus. For which cause he endured. He did not enjoy the cross. It was not, an, it was not a pleasant experience. To be made naked. A public spectacle. A public ridicule. Pierced to a tree. Hung on. A hill. The hill of 
Calvary in an open space where there was no wall. A wall, I mean a city without wall. There is a green hill. The songwriter says there is a green hill far away without a city wall where the dear Lord was crucified. To the extent that the Bible says those who pass by just wondered, aha, aha, this is the man that saved others. Isaiah prophesied and said that we could not even look at him twice because it was a shameful experience. Curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. So he was considered a cursed person. Jesus was considered a cursed. Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. Having been made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Jesus was considered a, a cursed hanging on a tree, naked. But scripture says that he did not enjoy that. It was not his delight. You remember Gethsemane. He was even pleading that if it was possible, such an experience should pass over him. But God allowed him to go through just because of you and me. Just for, just for me. Wow. Then he said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. What joy did Jesus have before him that encouraged him, that emboldened him, that energized him, that strengthened him to endure the cross? That is the question this morning. What was that joy? The joy that was set before Jesus was that one day, one day, and that day has come already. As he lays his life down as the only begotten son of God, one day out of that life, out of that seed shall spring forth many fruits who shall be called the sons of God. What, what an offer. Let me call it that way. Jesus Christ was born into this world as the only begotten son of God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Only. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But when it mattered most as the only begotten son of God, he decided that rather than staying as the only begotten son of God, I can lay my life down because scripture says that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Did you understand that? Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. And Jesus knew that principle that until he lays down his life, he will remain the only begotten son of God. So the joy of seeing other sons of God springing forth out of him, the joy of other brethren coming out of his sacrifice, out of his vicarious sacrifice was what endured, I mean endeared his heart and made him endure the cross. Think about it. It's an honor. I think it's the best offer anybody can be given that we who were sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us so that we, I mean you and I, could also become sons of God. No wonder John exclaimed in 1 John chapter 3 and said, Behold, what manner of love is this that we should be called the sons of God? We? He said, Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Listen, the world thinks that we are all the same because we all look the same, because we all sit in the same vehicles, we all work in the same community or live in the same you know, community and work in the same office, we bought the same vehicles. We are not the same. We are not ordinary. He said, therefore, the world does not know us because it does not know him. But I believe that in times like this, God wants the world to know that there are a people 
amongst the people who are different, who are unique. Look at first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 for instance it says that but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation that is separate nation a peculiar people come on we are peculiar we are not ordinary we are actually extraordinary though we look the same but something has happened to us let's find out so we have established that the joy that Jesus had before him was the joy of seeing other sons of God springing forth out of his vicarious sacrifice. Other sons of God being born into the kingdom of God. So ever since Jesus Christ died and rose again, according to scripture, he is no longer referred to as the only begotten son of God. I can prove it from scripture. The Bible says, in a mouth of two or three witnesses shall every matter be established. For you to know that we have been born into a certain class. We are a special breed of people. We may look the same on the outside. Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Different from the other creatures. Different from the creation that originated or proceeded from the Adamic race. We are different. We are not ordinary. And that reality must become your consciousness and your affirmation. If you are going to live the extraordinary life, if you're going to live the peculiar life, you've got to know that you are not ordinary. Therefore, ordinary things do not just happen to you. Are you there? Let me show you a scripture, Revelation chapter 1, to confirm that Jesus Christ is no longer referred to as the only begotten son of God. Revelations 1, 4 and 5. Scripture says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, that's the King James, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Verse 5 says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Listen, he is the prince of the kings of the earth. So God has made us kings and priests unto God, according to scripture. In fact, that's the verse 6. Let me go down. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Then he said, unto him that loved us, oh, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Wow. Since the verse says, and has made us, he is not going to make us. He has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. If you don't know how to pray, I think that the verse is the best way to pray. Jesus Christ has made me a king and a priest unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Then you can add the amen that is there. If you get up and you don't have to pray unto Jesus who has made me a king and a priest unto God and his father. To him be glory and honor. He said to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Wow. I love this. He has made us. He's not going to make us. He has. If you are reading scripture, you better take note of the tenses. He has made us. Meaning you are a king. And a priest. And the Bible says, Where the word of the king is, there is power. Kings rule by their words. That is why God enjoins you and me to grow. Because the Bible says, The heir, as long as he remains a child, is not different from a slave, though he is Lord of all. Until we grow and take our place as kings and priests. We may not be able to function as such. Yet, that's who we are. But I'm not talking about growth this morning. I'm talking about we identifying our peculiarity, our uniqueness, being extraordinary people in Christ Jesus. Let me go back to the verse 5. He says, and from Jesus Christ, who is a fair, faithful witness and the first begotten 
begotten of the dead. The first to be born from the dead. Please take note. Scripture is very powerful. He didn't say the first to be born from death. Jesus Christ is not the first to be born from death. Even in his own time, Jesus himself raised people like Jairus' daughter from the dead. I mean from death. He raised that young girl from the dead, from death. And there was a time, a widow whose only son had died. And they were on a funeral procession to go and bury the boy. The Bible says Jesus had compassion on that widow and touched the coffin. It was an open coffin and told the boy, young boy, I tell you, arise. And the boy rose from the dead. There was a time Lazarus had also died. He went four days after and commanded Lazarus, come forth. So Jesus Christ is not the first to be risen from, from death. Even under the Old Testament, we find people like Elijah, Elisha, raising people from death. So, when he says the first to be the first begotten of the dead, it's a very powerful statement. He is talking about death in trespasses and sins. He's talking about the one who is ostracized from God, the one who is cut off from God, the one who doesn't know Jesus is cut off from God. The Bible sees him as dead, judged already, disconnected from God. He doesn't have life. I will show you a scripture in the concluding part of this message. He doesn't have life. I'm talking about the very life of God in him. Yes, he or she is God's creation, but he hasn't received life. The life of God is in his son. Jesus is the first. He is not the first and the, and the last in this sense. He is the first to be born from the dead. The first to be raised from death in trespasses and sins. When was that? When he was raised from the dead, he came out as a new creature. The first to be born again. Let's put it that way. The resurrection of Jesus was a rebirth of a new creature. Yes, he was born as the only begotten son of God. But when he died, we died. When he was buried, we were buried with him in baptism. When he was raised from the dead, we were raised with him from, you know, from, we were raised with him in righteousness and holiness. We were raised as sons and daughters, having the same nature, having the same life. So he is the first begotten of the dead. The first to be born from those who are cut off from God. Remember, he was cut off. When he carried my sin and your sin, the father turned his back on him. And there was darkness. Bible says between 12 noon and 3 p.m., there was total darkness on the surface of the earth. It was a horrible experience, I believe, worse than what is happening in our world during this coronavirus infection era. And he himself, feeling the, the rejection of God and the judgment of God, cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was a bitter experience. He was cut off. To die spiritually means that you are cut off from God. There's no connection. And there are those who are walking in this life. They are God's creation, but there's no connection between them and God. They don't have access to the Father. Because to have access to the Father, you must know Jesus. Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the truth and he is the life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. Alright, I'm just showing you how extraordinary we are. We are not ordinary. So Jesus is the first begotten of the dead. Okay, what other scripture confirms this? Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let me go to verse 29 straight. Romans 8 29 says, for whom he did foreknow. I'm reading the King James Version. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of of his son that he that is Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren the one that God foreknew listen God foreknew everybody in Christ Jesus in other words 
from the foundation of the world. Bible calls Jesus the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. From the foundation of the world, God had a plan that the princes of this world didn't know. God had a plan that he will make a breed of people higher than the Adamic race. Superior to the Adamic race. Extraordinary. Peculiar. Holy. Separate from everyone else. And that they will conform to the image of his son. That every one of such persons will be like his son. So that his son will be the firstborn amongst many brethren. So it is true Jesus Christ was born into this world as the only begotten son of God. But that was not God's ultimate goal. His ultimate goal was that out of the seed that he is planting in the earth shall spring forth many fruits like you and me who are now sons of God. Born again. Having the life of God. Having the nature of God. Having the righteousness of God. In fact, we have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's God's dream. And it has come to pass. But mind you, it's not everybody who has the same nature. We may look the same. You may even belong to a family. You look like your father or your mother. But maybe they are not born again. I pray they, they will be born again. And if they are not, then you are not ordinary. You're different. You carry something. There is something about you you must be aware of. Because in the kingdom of God, the way to enjoy our rights and privileges is being aware and affirming it. Being conscious of what you have. Being conscious of who you are. And affirming it daily. That is the way. How did you come into the kingdom? With the heart you believe. And with the mouth you confess. That is the same way by which we enjoy our rights and privileges. Hallelujah. For whom he did foreknow. He also did predestine. Or did predestinate, the King James says, to be conformed, to be like the image of his son. At the moment, at the moment, the only person who has a glorified body, an immaterial body, is the firstborn, Jesus Christ. Because he was raised from the dead with a peculiar body. A body that could walk through walls. The disciples had locked themselves up in a room for fear of the the, the, the soldiers and the doctors of the law and the Pharisees and Pilate and go. But Jesus Christ just entered without knocking, without opening any window or door. He just appeared and said, peace be unto you. Wow. That is the kind of body that awaits everyone who has believed in Jesus. So that image is what God wants us to be conformed to. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. He wants us to be like his son. But until then, we are already like him on the inside. I will show you very soon. Until then, we are already like him on the inside born again. Once you have believed in Jesus, you have the life of God. You have the nature of God. Awaiting the consummation of salvation by the changing of our bodies to be like him. So for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he the son might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. So I'm a brother of Jesus. He's my senior brother. What a, what a holy calling. What an offer. What an understanding the child of God must have. If you are ever going to overcome the challenges of this life, you've got to have a certain consciousness that you are not ordinary. So don't expect ordinary things to just happen. They don't just, things don't just happen. It is what you, you incubate with your thoughts and with your words that come to you. Job said the things that I feared most, they are the things that have come upon me. That is why God doesn't want us to walk by fear. For God has not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear. But a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He's given us a sound mind to think the thoughts of God. So we can talk the talk of God. What I'm telling you is the talk of God. It's not my own words. I'm telling you the mind of Christ. That in these times, you've got to have the consciousness that you are not ordinary. Jesus Christ is the first to be born from the dead. But when you are born again, you are born after his kind. The new creature. The new nature. The new you. Yes, you look the same on the outside. But one of these days, one of these days, when he shall come, we shall put on that glorified body also. Philippians 3.20 says, our citizenship is in heaven. 
I like that. It's not going to be in heaven. It's in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the work and whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. We're going to conform to the glorious body. We already like him on the inside, but we're looking forward to the day when he shall come. In first, in, is it Colossians chapter 3, for instance, he says that if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting on the right hand of the Father. Set your affection on things above and not on the things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, you shall appear with him in glory. So he's going to appear in glory, and we shall have that glorified body. It shall happen. Oh, it shall happen. Listen, it doesn't matter how long it tarries. Even if it does not happen in our time. And we leave this earth through death. Even, even in death, when it shall come, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be changed. Mortality shall be changed to immortality in a moment. Within the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, the second trumpet sound. And we shall be caught up together with the dead who rose from the dead. I mean, first, we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I bring you words of comfort. That we are not hopeless. We are not ordinary. That is why we are not hopeless. There is hope for the future. If we don't take care and we put ourselves together with the rest of the world it will affect our prayer I've heard people pray and people who should know better forgive my words who should know better because these are people that are leading the body and we should understand that because we are not the same the prayer points cannot be the same do you think God is seeking the comfort of the rest of the world so that they will stay here forever no and I say a big no to that God is not interested in our comfort forever in this world this is not our home we're going to check out of here and after everything is over, the one who leads this world to humankind will come back for this earth and we shall come back with Jesus and reign with him for a thousand years. And after the thousand years, the Bible says there shall be a white throne that shall judge everybody and everything shall be burnt to ashes and then everything shall be dissolved according to Peter and there shall be the new heavens and the new earth and we shall be in the age to come. So God's program is bigger and better than the comfort of humankind just on earth. If that was the case, I like it when First Corinthians chapter 15 uh, verse 19 says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If it is all about just our comfort and then, you know, let's pray for the nations of the world. I'm not against praying for the nations of the world. God told the Israelites that seek the peace of the nation in which you are taking captive. For in the peace of that nation you shall have peace. So it is, there is nothing wrong praying for the nation in which you dwell. After all, didn't he tell us in First Timothy chapter 2 that I exhort therefore the first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for those who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all God and honesty. So God is interested in we having a peaceable life in godliness and honesty so that the progress of the gospel will not be hindered. However, however, if that is all that there is, then it's not worth preaching the gospel. If that is all that there is, so that the unbeliever will be comfortable with his sins, with his idol worship, with his with his, you know, indifference towards God, with his obstinacy, with his stiffness, with his stubbornness. If that is all that there is, then it is not worth preaching the gospel. So in times like this, when something called coronavirus has shaken the foundation of all that we have trusted in, it is time for us to identify our peculiarity, our uniqueness and use that to draw others from the rest of the world into the kingdom that's why the Lord asked me to bring this message we are not ordinary therefore we can influence the others with that understanding, with that consciousness that see, for us you may be suffering whatever everybody is suffering but for us, he has told us in his word in Psalm 91 for instance that a thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but he has told us that it shall not come near you and I believe his word he said, only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. I believe his word. 
and I live by that word. Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true, but every man a liar. So I better believe God's word than your word. Because I know I'm not ordinary. I'm not expecting ordinary things to just happen. If God allows it, then it's for a purpose. That's why you don't need to fear. Hallelujah. Are you listening, child of God? I hope you are so connected. Until we identify that we are not ordinary. And therefore, we should change our prayer points. Instead of praying, God, you know, God, have mercy. Yes, he will have mercy. But in the mercy, the ultimate goal is to save that soul whom God shows mercy. Not so that after God has shown mercy, that person will go back to his lifestyle. His old lifestyle. That will be an offense to the God who showed mercy. Alright. 1 John 4, 17. Let me just show you. I just brought in this to just let you know that God is angry. Yeah. You may not know it, but God is angry. God is angry because his children who are supposed to identify their uniqueness have conformed to this world. Didn't he tell us in Romans 12 that be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We have conformed to this world and made it look like we are all the same. We are not all the same. We are not ordinary. The church that is called the chosen generation, he called the whole world. He's called the whole world. The whole world is called. That is what God foreknew. He's called everybody. He's calling everyone to come and see the light. The light of the world is Jesus. The light of the world is Jesus. The light of the world is Jesus. He's calling everyone to come and see the light. The light of the world is Jesus. I said the light of the world is Jesus. And the light of the world is Jesus. He's calling everyone to come and see the light. For the light of the world is Jesus. Listen. God has called everyone. Unfortunately, it is not everyone who has said, yes, Lord. It's not everyone who has responded to the gospel yet. Those who have responded, he calls us a chosen generation. So he says, many are called, but few are chosen. He calls us a chosen generation. Then he said, a royal priesthood. Royal priesthood means we are kings and priests, which we saw in Revelation chapter 1. We are king priests. We function as kings and we function as priests. We have a kingly role. We have a priestly role. As kings, we rule by our words. We shall decree a thing and it shall be established. And as priests, we make supplications and intercessions and petitions before God on behalf of men. He calls us a holy nation, separate nation, set apart. So we are not ordinary. The biggest nation in the whole world is the church of Jesus Christ. Can I say that again? The biggest. There is no nation in the nations of the world that doesn't find, even if they are not existent, they are hiding somewhere underground having church for where two or three are gathered together in the name of Jesus the Lord is in their midst so all over the world all those who have responded to the gospel all those who have the son of God as their savior God calls us a holy nation and this nation you can't even draw them up all nations have them up but we we are so separate and so unique that we are infested just like coronavirus infest nations we are also infested in the nations of the world he said let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven it's time for us to shine it's time to wake up it's time that those who are not ordinary will show extraordinary things and walk in extraordinary ways praise the lord I was going to show you first John chapter 4. 
Malatoli minikitus karandesh. First John 4, the verse 17. He says, Hearing is our love made perfect. Oh. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Ha, he said, Because as he is, so are we in this world. Mind you, we are born again. We are not ordinary. Yet we are not yet in heaven. We are still in this world. But as Jesus is, we are not going to be when we get to heaven. So are we. And let God be true. But every man a liar. If as he is, so we will become. The only thing we will become is when we shall put on our glorified body like, like he has. But whatever he is, so we are. Whatever Jesus is, you can say to yourself, so I am. If he has life, I have life. I can show it to you. First John chapter 5. 11 and 12. 1 John 5, 11 and 12, he says, And this is the record. This is the witness. This is the testimony. Remember, we overcome by the word of our testimony. God is giving us a testimony so we can use this testimony to overcome. This is the record. This is the testimony. The word record is testimony that God has, he's not going to, he has given us He's given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son. He didn't say he's going to have life. He that has the son has life. Then he said, and he that has not the son of God has not life. Did you see that? The one that has Jesus has the life of God. It is called Zoe. Z-O-E in the Greek. Zoe. The one that does not have the son does not have life. So child of God, what am I painting? The picture I believe scripture is painting here is that when trouble strikes, for instance, right now the whole world is struck with a trouble. It's a global pandemic where there is coronavirus infestation to the extent that many nations, including the nation Ghana, is going under lock, I mean partial lockdown which we must obey because Hebrews is it Romans 13 rather tells us to obey the authorities so long as whatever they give us is for the good of humankind we will obey but in the midst of subjecting to the authorities that are in the land remember we are not ordinary don't hide in your room somewhere now the hashtag is stay home stay home stay home and don't allow fear to take over. On Wednesday, by the grace of God, as the Lord will permit, when we will be doing the word and the spirit encounter, I bring you a message I title, When the Spirit Takes Over. When the Spirit Takes Over. So stay home. But you stay home with a consciousness that me, I am not ordinary. No wonder the songwriter sang and said, Me, me, I no go suffer. I no go beg for bread. <laughs> I said, Me, I no go suffer. I no go beg for bread. God of miracles, now my papa, oh. God of miracles, now my papa, oh. God of miracles. Nama Papa, oh, God of miracles. Nama Papa, oh. Some don't have a father. We got a father. He's called the God of the heavens and the earth. Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. Now you've got to make him your personal God and say, My Father. We got a father. We got a father. Because of his son, Jesus Christ, we have become sons of God. He who has the son has life. Child of God, you have life. And that life is not supposed to remain in your spirit.
until Jesus comes. No. It's supposed to flow from your spirit into your soul, into your physical body. The best immunity, the best immune system building material is the very life of God in our spirit. I know that we use a lot of things to build our immune system and we must do it. But I'm telling you, if there is any immune system builder that casts across spirit, soul, and body, it is the life of God in our spirit. Some of us have the life in our spirit, but it is inactive. It's dormant. We don't know how to stay that life. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in your spirit is like the way your heart pumps and supplies blood to you know, your body system. We call it circulatory system. Supplies blood to all the systems in your body. That is what the Holy Spirit does in your spirit. When you are talking them tongues, when you are praying the Holy Ghost, you are activating the life of God in your spirit. And that life flows from your spirit into every fiber of your being, into every bone of your body, into every cell of your blood, even onto every strand of hair on your head or any part of your body. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, you got life. Say, I have life, and the one that has life is not afraid of death. What a calling! Can you say to yourself, I am not ordinary? And if you are watching and you have a device to type, you can even type it, I am not ordinary. You can even stress on the not, I am not. Make it bold, you know, capital letters, I am not ordinary until you live in that consciousness and affirm it as such you may not be able to live the extraordinary life but that's our calling he's called us to live the extraordinary life so that the others he said so that they may see your good works when they see that ah the very thing that is killing others how come it came near you but you didn't you didn't even you didn't even show any sign of what happened no cough no dry throat no sore throat no dry cough no fibrosis of the lungs no headache no high rise in temperature why what happened you tell them i got a life of god in my spirit but adventure i'm not saying go and live a careless life i'm not advocating for carelessness no 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 no. i'm not like that but if peradventure like Paul the apostle who was gathering sticks to make fire because it was winter and the weather was cold and he wanted to warm himself if peradventure a venomous serpent finds itself among the stick if peradventure for instance you are a medical staff you are a doctor, you are a paramedic a nurse, a pharmacist or all those who are helping at the front line and peradventure peradventure you come into physical contact with somebody who is infested or infected with coronavirus. Don't let that begin to say, hey, 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 what has happened to me? And now you begin to think of your grave and the coffin and the size of coffin they should buy for you. No. After you have cleansed yourself and done all the medical interventions, tell us, I got life on the inside. And then you begin to activate that life. Ragadasa bragata, mantalematosa, prakatandulimiki, prantigiza, pandiliminikata. When we are talking in tongues, we are not talking. We are activating life. We are activating life. The life of God in your spirit will not work until you activate it. If your heart stops pumping, all your body organs will die. Is that not so? Likewise, if you do not talk them tongues, you are like a television that gives pictures but doesn't produce sound. You will not make your impact in your own life, let alone the life of others. Let's change our mentality. Let's rise up. We are not ordinary child of God. We've got to prove to the world that we, there is hope. We are the answer. We are the hope of the world. As men are dying. As men are afraid. As men are giving up. Tell them there is hope. Don't give up. There is hope. Pray for the sick. Lay hands on the sick. In this time they say we shouldn't lay hands. So you can stretch off your hands. If for adventure you are not sure. Stretch off your hands. Because they say we shouldn't touch. Social distancing. Hey, I look into my scripture and I found a lot of verses of scripture in the New Testament. He said, Greet one another with a holy kiss. Then I said, What happens to this verse of scripture? 
He said, greet one another with the holy keys. Now, you can't even shake hands. Let alone greet one another with the holy keys. Something is wrong somewhere. But until we arise and discover that we are not ordinary, we will not be able to do the word of God. We are not ordinary. But God is called on the church. First and foremost, rise up. Wake up. Then, through us, we can wake up the rest of the world and bring them into the kingdom. I see a harvest of souls in the month of June. There shall be a great revival across the globe. Not only in this nation, across the globe. Just as there has been silence across the globe, there shall be a harvest of souls by the month of June. Many souls will come into the kingdom. Many souls will come into the kingdom. They will believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. They will believe. And this time around, they will confess that I've, I've seen that your God saves. So I'm running to him. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I have made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come longing just to pray, longing just to pray, something that's over. That will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, Lord. I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back. Lord, I'm coming back. Oh, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the when it's all about you, oh Lord, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. Child of God, we are not ordinary. It's all about you, Jesus. King of endless world. I love you, Lord. No one could express. I love you, Lord. How much you deserve. How much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, though I'm weak and poor, all I that's have what has made humankind. Every single, every breath. single breath, I'll bring you more than a song, oh, Lord God. I'll bring you more than a song, yes, Lord. For a song in His song is not what you have replied. You said. Hey. Oh, you search much deeper within. Yes, Lord. Through the weapons of him, you look into my heart. I'm coming. Hey. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. <laughs> and it's, it's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. When it's all about you, it's all about you.
oh Lord, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Why don't you give God a wave, my friend, in your homes? It's all about you. It's all, it's all about you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, it's all about you. It's only about you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you. We love you, Lord. We sing your praise. It's all about you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about Yeah. 